European Heart Journal Case Reports Podcast. I'm Tom Slater, Podcast Editor. Today, I will be discussing a case report by Denise Guckel, Martin Farr, Philip Sommer and Christian Sons from the Clinic for Electrophysiology, Heart and Diabetes Centre, North Rhine-Westphalia, Germany, entitled When Dystrophia Meets Ischemia, a case report on cardiac involvement of myotonic dystrophy type 2 and successful arrhythmia elimination after catheter ablation. Hereditary muscle diseases can affect the heart muscle leading to cardiomyopathies and arrhythmias. Myotonic dystrophy type 2, also known as proximal myotonic myopathy, or PROM, is a multisystemic disease with autosomal dominant inheritance of a CCTG repeat expansion in intron 1 of the CNBP-ZFN9 gene. PROM is characterized by myotonia, skeletal muscle weakness, diabetes, early cataracts, central nervous system involvement, and ventricular systolic dysfunction and cardiac conduction defects, including high-degree atrioventricular blocks. Although life-threatening ventricular arrhythmia and sudden cardiac death can be the first clinical manifestation, there is very limited data reporting on disease-specific electrophysiological conditions and approaches for catheter ablation of ventricular arrhythmia subjects in this specific cohort of patients. A 62-year-old woman with genetically confirmed PROM presented with severely impaired left ventricular systolic function with an ejection fraction of 25%. The patient also had severe first-degree atrioventricular block with a PR interval of 380 milliseconds and a background of cataracts, prediabetes and myocardial infarction with single-vessel coronary disease. Family history revealed that her father, uncle and grandfather had also suffered from cardiomyopathies with sudden cardiac death before the age of 60. This patient had received an implantable cardioverter defibrillator in 2008 after ventricular fibrillation with successful cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Multiple episodes of symptomatic, sustained and non-sustained ventricular tachyarrhythmias had been documented. Due to NYHA class 3 heart failure and these documented episodes of VT, the patient had undergone two left ventricular endocardial VT ablation attempts at a different centre as a left-sided ischemia-related arrhythmia substrate was suspected due to previous myocardial infarction caused by occlusion of the left anterior descending artery. Adherent to the guidelines, the patient was also treated with maximal doses of beta-blocker and amiodarone. Further VT recurrence and NYHA class 3 dyspnea was observed, so the patient was referred to the author's centre for repeat ablation and evaluation for urgent heart transplantation. In the meantime, she developed acute cardiac decompensation, requiring intravenous diuretics and levosimendan therapy. Catheter ablation was performed under general anaesthesia. Two diagnostic catheters were introduced via the femoral veins and positioned in the coronary sinus and the right ventricle. For an antegrade approach, venous access was achieved via the right femoral vein. A single transeptal puncture was performed under fluoroscopic guidance using a modified Brockenbrough technique and an 8.5 French transeptal sheath. As the LV summit area as well as anterior aspects of the left ventricle may sometimes be reached more easily using the retrograde approach, an additional retrograde access to the left ventricle was achieved by the right femoral artery with insertion of an 8.5 French sheath. Endocardial mapping was performed using the CARTO 3D mapping system and a multipolar mapping catheter. High-density electroanatomical reconstruction of the RV and LV was conducted, aiming for over a 1,000 mapping points. 
A low voltage area suggested for myocardial scar was defined as bipolar voltage of less than 1.5 millivolts. Interestingly, voltage mapping found the pre-described ischemia-induced arrhythmia substrates in the anterior segments and apex of the left ventricle, but it also revealed a second low voltage area along the basal and inferior aspects of the right ventricle. Programmed ventricular stimulation induced sustained VT with right bundle branch block and a tachycardia cycle length of 380 milliseconds, suggestive for a left ventricular arrhythmia substrate. Activation mapping revealed the earliest activation of the myocardium during VA at the anterior segments of the left ventricle, in line with the above-mentioned bipolar low voltage area. Catheter ablation at this specific area resulted in deceleration and termination of the VT. Afterwards, extensive endocardial substrate modification was performed in the LV, aiming for elimination of all late and fractionated potentials in the zones of bipolar low voltage and at the border between normal and scarred tissue. Repeat ventricular stimulation induced another VA with left bundle branch block and a tachycardia of 440 milliseconds. Of note, tachycardia was in the range of the previously documented VT episodes stored in the ICD. Activation mapping revealed the earliest activation during sustained VT at a circumscribed low voltage area at the basal end inferior right ventricle. Catheter ablation at the inferior RV resulted in specific termination of the second ventricular arrhythmia. At the end of the ablation procedure, no ventricular arrhythmia could be induced with program stimulation. As data on the efficacy of VT ablation in PROMIS scarce, and alternative therapy options were exhausted, the patient was evaluated for heart transplantation. No further VT episodes were documented during follow-up, however left ventricular ejection fraction was unchanged, and the patient's dyspnea has persisted. I would now like to discuss the content of this case in more detail. PROM is a rare disease, and so knowledge of dystrophia-related scar pattern is scarce. The level of evidence in current ESC guidelines concerning cardiac involvement in muscular dystrophies is limited to expert consensus, with a 1C recommendation that patients with neuromuscular disorders suffering from ventricular tachyarrhythmias should be treated in the same way as patients without neuromuscular disorders. Therefore, to improve treatment strategies in these patients, more experience has to be gained. Ventricular tachyarrhythmias are relevant in myotonic dystrophy as they account for an increased risk of sudden cardiac death. Before this case report, no data has been available describing the amount and distribution of ventricular arrhythmia substrates in PROM. As complete elimination of all inducible ventricular tachyarrhythmia is desirable and associated with an improved long-term success in ischemic and non-ischemic dilated cardiomyopathy, further information on arrhythmia substrates in PROM is of special interest, since the coexistence of muscular dystrophy and ischemia might lead to negative synergistic effects resulting in early and severe cardiac dysfunction. As illustrated in this case, PROM patients may present with specific dystrophic-related arrhythmia substrates, as well as coexisting fibrosis and scar tissue due to ischemic heart disease. MRI was not performed here because the patient's IDCD was not MRI compatible. However, this could give useful information to potential arrhythmia substrate in other cases. However, the voltage map used was useful to define obviously non-ischemic substrates in the basal right ventricle. Both ventricles should always be evaluated using voltage mapping in patients with VT and myotonic dystrophy, and ventricular scar patterns differed between ischemia and dystrophic changes in terms of localization and distribution. Personalized ablation strategies targeting both arrhythmia substrates were safe and effective in this case, 
and aided in avoiding an urgent need for heart transplants. I would like to conclude with the following learning points suggested by the authors. Arrhythmia substrates between ischemia and dystrophia differ in terms of localization and distribution of scar and fibrosis. Both ventricles might be responsible for ventricular arrhythmias in patients with ischemia and dystrophia, and arrhythmia substrates might have negative synergistic effects. Substrate modification for ventricular arrhythmia elimination was safe and effective in this case. And finally, MRI might have a role in approaching the best management plan for patients with dystrophy and ischemia. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this fascinating case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports podcasts. References and the original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirts.